Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. And welcome to the HP Podcast. I'm Ben, and with me here is Dave. Howdy, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, howdy. howdy <laughs> these two, <Dave. laughs> I was, I was, I was torn on high or howdy, and I, you just got a hybrid, I guess. Damn. Understood. I've done it. And Brandon's with us too. Hey, what's How up, you doing, man? Brandon? I'm doing good. You're not gonna, aren't you going to give us like a weird hello kind of thing? Zip, zip, zippity do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. What's up, my dudes? It's uh, it's been a few weeks since all three of us have been together. Yeah, um, yeah. Here we are. Welcome. So I guess we're not even technically together. Dave is often in Mooseland, so that's always the case. But yeah, we're here. We're together. We can see each other. We can talk. Sometimes you can see each other's tongues. Like it's just like we're in the same. Sure, room, pretty much the same thing, right? <laughs> I don't know. I had to say the thing about the tongues, guys. Thanks for checking out the show. You can go over to patreon.com slash handsome phantom where you can support the show for as little as a dollar a month get ad free early access if you want and uh also come on and hang out in our discord over at handsomephantom.com slash discord we'd love to have you there we talk about nonsense sometimes sometimes um people remind us of things that we said that we've forgotten and uh that's just the way podcasts work apparently so here we are Boys, what's been happening in your weeks this week? Dave, let's start with you. You got a new job. Yeah, I, I got a, started a new job on Monday, and I, I work from home, and I can uh, play video games on my on my lunch break, and, and I can hang out with my cat all day, and I can do all that other cool, fun, work-from-home stuff that so many people have been enjoying for, for over a year now. So, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm liking everything and um, saving money on gas. So that's good. Oh, that's a that's definitely a bonus. Yeah, especially well, now. Did you do you work from the same place you're sitting right now? Yes. Does that get like? Do you sit there and play games at all? No, I move to my couch and play on uh, my Xbox or my PS5. I know that some people really hate working in the same place they play. I personally don't care. It doesn't bother me at all, but I know that it is bothersome for some people. So I'm glad you have a different place to play, though. I don't know. I like if I played a lot of video games at my um, at my desk here, maybe I'd feel more differently about it. But I just really don't play that much on my computer. So 
Um, right. Yeah, I, I think it, it is probably healthy to separate um, church and state. Sorry, not church and state. Um, <laughs> video games and work. So, right. Uh, yeah, I can totally see that. I can see that. That explains my unhealthy state because not only do I not separate where I play from where I work, uh, but I also work on video games. So that explains a lot about why I'm unhealthy. Yeah. I think. Brandon, how you doing? How's your week? Is it going all right? Uh doing okay. Pretty pretty average week overall. You know the grind. Trying to make that bag, pay those bills. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about it, really. Just same old shit, different day. Nice, nice. Well, this week's show is going to be a little bit of an interesting one, or just, I don't know, this is one that's just specifically appealing to our interest. And uh, we're going to start off with one other news story, uh, because we've talked about it so much in the past, but then we're going to move into conversations about Halo and about Call of Duty Vanguard. And if you're not interested in either of those, that's totally fine. But I will say that, you know, just like always, we'll talk a little bit more about the industry sides of those things as well as about the games and the gameplay and all that kind of stuff so you may not be totally bored you may be sorry if you are uh but uh you know you can always just click that stop button and catch us next week if you don't want to hear about those things the first thing though is that rockstar this is the one other story that i have that's not directly related to the other things we've been pretty hyped we've been talking about grand theft auto the trilogy the definitive edition all that kind of stuff uh this is getting a little interesting because Rockstar actually pulled the trilogy from PC to, quote, remove files unintentionally included. Now, the really interesting thing was that it was people were saying it was unplayable. I mean, the way that they did the remaster and, of course, Rockstar didn't actually do the remaster. Um, I'm trying to remember the other company that did it, the, the name of them. Um, but anyway, somebody else did the, the remasters of them. Uh, but other than looking decently, there's just a lot of stuff wrong with it. A lot of people were saying it was really hard to play it and get into it from the Rockstar launcher and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. Have either of you tried it on console yet? I haven't tried it. I'm really interested in trying it. Uh, I'm actually waiting to get it physical. I don't know. It, okay. it feels like yeah. something I want to tangibly hold because it's such right. a an important part of video games for me was Grand Theft Auto. So I want to own it physically. Um, but you said it got pulled because of, they said like code or something they said was in the game that wasn't intended because I heard something about the sex mini game. Is that what you're referring to? <laughs> no, I, I didn't see that at all. Actually, uh, what Rockstar said, um, let me pull up the actual statement that they issued, um, was, uh, late last night, while announcing the restoration of the Rockstar Games launcher, Rockstar tweeted to say that a PC version of Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition, remained unavailable to play or buy, quote, as we remove files unintentionally included in these versions. Okay. We're sorry for the disruption and hope to have the correct ones up soon. Now, I don't know about the sex mini game, but I know that there was a lot of stuff that... Um, was weird in there. Now, one of the things that was in there was that they um, kept the music in it that was cut. Yeah, I saw and that. And that it was like just disabled by a script, but the music files were actually still in there. That might have been what they were talking about because potentially you could access those and that would violate the um, licensing agreements, I guess. Tell me about the sex mini game, though. Well, so when you drop off your girlfriend, you in quotes, make coffee or whatever. I don't know if you guys remember this from San Andreas. The old hot coffee. Yeah. The old hot coffee. Yep. Yeah. And um, I guess I was seeing something, I don't know. 
it's not completely founded. I, I don't have amazing sources here, but I saw something that they got sued a bunch because in the development code, there was like, you can get inside the house while this is happening instead of seeing the outside version of it. And it was like actually a scripted sex scene with CJ. But I don't know. I'm going to have to look more into it. But that amongst the music, I would imagine, both put them in some legal hot water. Um, so I would I would reason to guess that that's probably why they pulled it, among other things. I haven't heard great well, things about the performance either. So, Wait, so you're telling me that there's a, there is the ability to see a sex scene which wasn't even going to be like they rendered, they somehow rendered a sex scene that wasn't even going to be on camera. To my knowledge, like I said, okay. n- not very good sources, but I saw a couple things, including the music that you mentioned being a part of that. Right. Right. Um, so okay. I'll, I'd like to look into it some more, but I guess they just didn't hide the stuff deep enough. I don't know why they yeah. wouldn't expect data miners. I mean, we right. know how prevalent this is nowadays. So Right. You would think Rockstar would have been on top of that prior to the release on PC, but um, apparently not. <laughs> One of the things I did see was that they used a lot of AI to do the remaster. And so, like, instead of actually going in and, like, if if you're on the subway or whatever, if you see the subway or the bus, some of the text above, instead of just, like, actually enhancing that, they just, like, used AI enhancing to do it. And it says, like, instead of saying something that's intelligible, it's just nonsense oh in the wording God. now. And then there was another one with the um, the donut shop, and it has the the bolts on the side of the donut. They use like some kind of smoother, and the bolts are just rounded. Like, and the, now the donut looks more rounded, looks more like a donut. But yeah. now the bolts are rounded too, instead of having the the sides on them. So like a lot of weird stuff like that. Yeah, that dude, just was not good. Nothing like the personal touch of an AI um, on a video <laughs> game that really just sets it over the top. Really gives it that uh, warm human feel. I mean, uh, yeah. I guess we should have uh, see. It, it's funny because I feel like when we chatted about this about a month ago, um, we were talking about how great it looked from all the screenshots and all that kind of stuff. And then it releases and it's just some of the stuff I've seen is kind of appalling and finding out that it's was done largely by AI is uh, is not surprising based on what we're seeing with the final product. But I guess we shouldn't be surprised and we should be smarter to look out for these red flags, such as not showing much gameplay at all before yeah. release. Cause I mean, we just went through this last year with cyberpunk and not seeing current gen stuff, not comparing these two games, but uh, I think situationally from a launch perspective, this, this kind of sucks. It like, it really sucks. Cause I mean, the buzz around this, you know, this, this, almost shadow dropped like definitive edition was great. Like everybody was excited to get back and play these games. And now the narrative around it is it was half-assed like yeah. big time. And right. there's parts of the game that actually look worse than the originals. So yeah, I don't know how you call that a definitive edition, but yeah, I don't know. I guess Rockstar is too focused on online right now, GTA online, but yeah, um, it's yeah. disappointing. A bit of a disappointment, especially after all these years for some of these games, I feel like they would want to showcase like a golden era in one game, you know, like one package Um, and to find that the end product is jankier than expected is definitely a letdown. Um, That's not to say that I'm not still probably going to purchase it because who knows, I might get a chuckle out of it. The whole game is kind of ridiculous when you think about it. So it might be fixed by the time the physical comes out. Right. True. 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 Stuff at least. But very weird. Very, very weird. Um, if AI is is the call, 
Um, I don't really want to be aware of that because the quality suffers. You know what I mean? Um, So very strange. Right. Oh, there's one other thing that I forgot uh, that we had talked about talking about, and that's the Game Awards. The nominees came out today. Today is Tuesday the 16th uh, as we're recording this. And there were, um, of course, we want to talk about the Game of the Year contenders. I don't want to go into every single possible uh, nomination category, but one of them that we did want to talk about, and Dave brought this up to me, is the Best Indie category. You guys got a chance to check this out. I know Dave did. Um, In Best Indie, we have five games, and three of them are from the folks over at Devolver that that published them, uh, which we talk about Devolver a lot here on the show. And uh, that's Death's Door, Inscription, and Loop Hero. They're published, all three of those. Um, addition, in addition to those is, is uh, Kena, Bridge of Spirits, and 12 Minutes as well, which uh, I've played parts of four of the five of these games and really enjoyed them. Um, so I'm pretty excited. What do, you, what do you guys think about? Have you played any of the indies that are out? I know Dave's played a couple of them. Yeah, I've, I've played a couple of them. Um... And it, yeah, it, it blows me away that, you know, we had that conversation about Devolver last week and they come up quite a bit. Um, not just because we like them, but also just because this just goes to show how emergent they've become in this industry, uh, in the indie space. Um, but I'm looking at this list. I know this isn't supposed to be like a prediction sort of thing, but even right, though right. that, uh, you know, uh, three of the five games are published by them, I still think Kenna one of the games that isn't published by them is going to win personally. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's just my take, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's impressive. Nonetheless. It's interesting seeing 12 minutes on there because that's a game I really, really liked, but it was a very divisive game. People either really liked it or really, really hated it. And I mean, fortunately I fell in the camp of enjoying it. That's Annapurna, by the way, who we also talk about a good bit. Uh, they just always seem to find quality too. Uh, but 12 minutes was just, such a i felt like it was a unique game that really did a lot of things differently um i think if if more people had played it on pc they would have enjoyed it a little bit more than playing it on xbox but i played it on xbox and liked it just fine so um i think it was just the point and click nature of a lot of it but uh let's talk about the overall category next i guess um let's see the game of the year so we've got the five game of the year picks and I thought there were some some interesting ones in here. We've got Deathloop uh, that just came out recently. It's a Bethesda game, but obviously they're owned by Xbox now, Microsoft. Um, you got It Takes Two, which is uh, Joseph Ferris's company, Hazelite, uh, published by EA. Metroid Dread, of course, that's Nintendo. Uh, Mercury Steam is the developer of that one. Psychonauts 2, Double Fine, also an Xbox game. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which is Sony Interactive, uh, done by Insomniac, and then Resident Evil Village, which is done by Capcom. If you guys had how how many of these games have you guys played? And if you had to pick right now, which one would it be? Uh, it's a bit of a strange list for me. I've not played yeah. the majority of them. Um, That's exactly what I was gonna say. I've played <laughs> two of them, but I don't know how to say this because I don't want to downplay the nominations, but this year feels different for me. Usually I'm like, there's a couple hard choices here. And I know I said I've only played two, but none of them like ring on the caliber of other years that I felt like the Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild year, like the um, Red Dead Redemption year. Um, yep. So definitely very strange. I guess if I 
say off the top of my head, probably Village, but Ratchet and Clank was probably more fun. Um, right. But I wouldn't really consider either one of those a game of the year. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't. Um, There's nothing in here like a like the ones you mentioned or The Last of Us right. or Overwatch, you know, industry defining kind of thing. Right. I agree. It's, yeah. yeah. Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, just to sort of play devil's advocate somewhat for one of those games, um, this being the first full year of, you know, next generation with PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, I'd kind of say that Ratchet and Clank probably is the one game on that list that really sort of stands out as like, it was the big next gen showcase that we got this year. Mm -hmm. Um, it was an exclusive, it showed off the tech in like new, interesting and like incredibly impressive ways. So I'm not saying that would be my pick or I don't even think that's the one I would bet on, but in terms of the ones that sort of emerge as, you know, these are, this is the heavy hitter for me. I mean, Resident Evil is obviously, uh, you know, it was a quality game and people really liked it. If you ask me which one I think is going to win, uh, I think personally, this might surprise you guys. I think it's going to be it takes it it takes two, um, just because I don't know. I feel like the way the game awards kind of work, we often get the the games that you know are the feel good stories um, that you know everybody and their mother has played. Which you know, it takes two is literally designed that way to sort of transcend sort of not just gamers, but like gamers and their families or their spouses or their little brothers and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, mm -hmm. if I had to guess again, I know we're not doing that today, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if um, it takes two takes it home personally. It's funny because I've played Deathloop and I've played Ratchet and Clank. And those are the two out of the six that I've played this year. But it, the really funny part is it takes two is something I want to play, but I'm wait, I'm trying to figure out somebody to play it with. Uh, my wife really like, is not a video game player or else I'd play it with her. Cause like, that's the intended mechanic. I think there is to play it with like a significant other uh, Metroid dread. I really want to play, but it just like didn't fit into the backlog right now. And uh, psychonauts two, I had zero interest in until it got all the great reviews and I don't even still want to play it, but it's getting all this praise and I can play it for free on game pass. So might as well play it. And then resident evil village, it still just falls in behind resident evil seven, which I have still not played but I'd want to play it before I play village. So it, they're all games I've wanted to play, but I've only gotten a chance to play two of them. So, but I agree with, uh, with what you guys said about like, it just feels like a, it feels like a weird year. There's no, like when you think about the year, you're not like, clearly this was the huge game that everybody talked about all year and everybody, you know, jumped right on it immediately and rave reviews all across the board. But at the same time, there's not a single game on here that didn't come out to amazing reviews and have a lot of critical praise. Now, as well as commercial praise. So. Yeah, so a lot of the stuff that I was seeing online today when this first came out was, uh, and maybe this is just based on who I follow or whatever on Twitter, but uh, I a lot of people I saw out there felt that Forza Horizon got snubbed. I agree, yeah. Which is interesting because that game is so fresh Yeah. that it's like, I didn't, like, if you had asked me yesterday or like, two days ago to give me like the picks that I would have for game of the year. I probably wouldn't think of Forza Horizon because it's just like, it just came out. So 
and it, the, the weird thing is, is Forza Horizon is on this list elsewhere. I think it's on for like best music or direction or something like that. It's um, on the best sports and racing. Best well. sports and racing. Okay. Yeah. So it's on there. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that like Forza Horizon 5 needs to bump Psychonauts or Metroid Dread or something like that. But it was sort of interesting seeing that like that initial reaction is that was the biggest snub. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like if you don't come out before September um, or, you know, October sort of thing, then, you know, you, you might not have had that time to really um, sink your feet in with gamers to be considered for, for the big awards or game of the year. So yeah, it's interesting it's, seeing that. It's funny because I saw a lot of people before this list came out saying Forza is going to get snubbed. Just watch. And like, I mean, Forza is one of the highest rated games of the year so far. It just came out, so it's not even suffering from like, oh, it came out last December, so people have forgotten about it already. And it just makes me wonder, like, it clearly had, a, a, I mean, a, a, what, 9 million players by the after the first week, I think, or something like that. It's not like it's this little hidden gem that nobody knew about. It just doesn't fit the narrative, I guess. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Yeah, I agree, though. It seems like it should have been on there. Now, like, again, I don't know what game it should have bumped, but it should have been on there. Well, that's the thing is like, sorry, I just want to get this in real quick. If It Takes Two wasn't on there and Forza Horizon was, do you think the conversation would be, why isn't It Takes Two on this list? Because I don't personally think that would be the case. I like that It Takes Two is on there. And I actually, as I just said, I think it probably could win. But it's just interesting. Like if those two swap, like I, I just don't think people would be screaming and clamoring for why isn't it takes two on the game of the year list? It's a nice surprise. I think it's because it's it's more of it's more like an indie game. Yeah. It takes two is yeah, and generally you don't expect to see non AAA games take that slot. Yeah, I find it so weird that Psychonauts is on there. I mean, maybe I'm just completely missing something. I find the entire series so off putting. I have no idea why. Yeah. <laughs> like it is yeah. almost grotesque to me in some way. It just I don't know, and maybe it's the best. But um, I do think it is weird with all of the praise I've seen from Forza, how it still didn't manage with all the success to even snag that spot. So strange. Ben, are you are you a little upset that Returnal's not on there? I wouldn't say I'm upset, but I am <laughs> surprised. I would think that Returnal would have taken a spot over not only some of the non-PlayStation games, but if you're going to go for a PlayStation exclusive, I would say Returnal probably was a better game, more innovative in some ways than Ratchet and Clank. But because it was so inaccessible, I, I think it was, it was a pretty difficult game. I can understand why it wasn't. Like, anybody can play Ratchet and Clank, right? Like, it, it's not a game that is a very difficult game to play. It's a lot of fun. I don't I'm know. Not disputing that. Didn't Sekiro, Sekiro won a couple of years ago. Oh, you're right. Yeah. My Sorry, I was right. more thinking you were going to be happy that it wasn't on there because of uh, oh, no. your experience with Returnal. Well, <laughs> that, that ended up being an experience with my PlayStation, uh, not yeah. with Returnal. True. what it came down to. True. And I loved Returnal in any way still. I never did finish it. I, I got to like the fourth stage and kind of just got too much else to play. But yeah. Hmm. strange year for sure yeah all right well let's jump into the other conversations we have here the first one let's talk about uh let's talk about call of duty because it's a little more dated uh we we weren't able to have brandon on last week so we wanted to wait till he was here because brandon is 
we all like Call of Duty, but Brandon's the Call of Duty guy. Uh, so I want to bring up a couple industry things around that, and then we'll talk about the game itself. I've had more time to play it as well, and I think we all have. Uh, the first thing is that uh, they've come out and said that this comes from uh, Call of Duty.com directly. The Ricochet Anti-Cheat Progress Report says, quote, Call of Duty Vanguard enjoyed its first weekend since launch, and fans from around the globe have been grinding progress across multiple modes. November 5th was also the launch of the server-side upgrades to anti-cheat security as part of the Ricochet Anti-Cheat Initiative. Goes on to say later on that basically, this is the big thing I want to talk about, players found cheating in Call of Duty games, whatever game that is, may now find themselves banned from the entire franchise, including games that are already out or games that have not come out yet. Now, this is all nice and everything, but whether or not they'll actually enforce it is a different question. Brandon, you've been playing Vanguard the most out of any of us. As far as I know, have you encountered much cheating yet or not? No, um, I, not my knowing. Have I encountered right. any sort of cheating yet? Um, I don't know if it's... Now, certainly there is some. I mean, I've seen clips online, but I personally haven't run into anything. I wonder if it's like a majority Warzone thing. Like well, you're also hackers. playing on PS5, though. That's right? true. That's true. But I yeah. do have cross cross play on. Okay. So yeah. and that would, um, would run into them then. But now, nothing I've noticed. Um, I agree with you there, Ben. It's like they'll be banned for all games, but they've been so wishy-washy about everything and like, I don't know. I guess they're just losing enough money that finally they're taking it seriously. Um, and it's been slow going. Um, they added these dummy things to Warzone where if you hit these dummies, like it confuses the aim bots. And if you hit them too many times, they manually re- review your account, stuff like that. Um, and I guess that's... Oh, I didn't even know about that. Yeah, yeah. It's really neat, actually. They're just like dummies that register as players. Um, and if you hit them too many times because your aimbot's getting them, uh, they manually review your account, I guess. So that's clever. Pretty neat. Um, yeah. So they're definitely trying some stuff. Um, I think it's still crazy how like when Overwatch dropped, there was cheating, right? And they put that shit down hard and fast, mm-hmm. and it isn't a problem anymore. And I feel like yeah. because they've been so wishy-washy, it's kind of been slow going. I'm hoping it's moving in the right direction, but um, I guess we'll continue to monitor it. Um, as far as like the game in general goes, it's been mostly fun. Um, the campaign was lackluster, um, to say the mm-hmm. least. Um, there were a couple on-rail, on-rails parts, and they did some things... Um, that were just very interesting. Like there was an enemy that kept shrouding itself in smoke and would like stop you from killing it quickly. It was supposed to be neat, but it ended up just being kind of annoying in a Call of Duty yeah. game. Um, so yeah. I respect them for trying to do some different stuff, but it was pretty run of the mill as far as I'm concerned. Um, don't really go to duty long term for the campaign anyway. So um, the multiplayer has been absolutely fine. Um, it's kind of weird how they've integrated the Warzone Battle Pass. That yeah. For the first 20 days, 30 days of owning the game, you don't technically have a Battle Pass. I think that's kind of a misstep, but they can't exactly alienate their other audience. So, I, I know what you mean, but can you explain what you mean by that um, for the audience? Yeah, so um, right now there is a like Season 6 or 7 going on in Warzone, something like that. And so for like the first 20 to 30 days, that... 
Battle Pass carries over into Vanguard and only has a very select amount of things that are even usable in Vanguard in the Battle Pass itself. Um, I think it's like 20 out of 100 items or something of the Battle Pass are for the new game. So right. that's a little strange. I mean, I get it and I don't, but um, I guess I did just pay $70. It would be nice to have like a Battle <laughs> Pass right away, but I get it. Most of your players yeah. playing Call of Duty, a lot of them are playing Warzone, so you can't exactly rip that away from them. Um, right. But no, it's been fun. The gunplay is really good. Um, I think they have a really good foundation to build on. Um, yeah. A better one than they've had in a couple years, honestly, I'd say. Um, the launch was relatively seamless. They're already putting out some updates to fix some stuff. So, yeah, I guess pretty good launch when all said and done. Um, have you had much experience, Dave? Have, have you noticed anything out of the ordinary? I know you said you probably talked about it a little bit last week, but I don't know if you have any any new information. <laughs> um, so I turned uh, crossplay off. I thought it would make me better <laughs> and it made me a little better. Like I felt, uh, I felt a difference pretty quickly, but um, yeah, I mean, when you, when you don't have PC players, like the quality of, of, of people playing drops off, um, you know, it balances things out, but I haven't noticed anything sort of heinous. And again, I'm a very casual call of duty player. Um, so after having another week with the game, I'm finding it a little bit overwhelming um because again i spent most of my time last year with cold war and cold war launched with like eight maps so it didn't take long to sort of figure out because that's one of the things about call of duty any competitive you know first person shooter is like you have to learn the maps to find out where the enemies are going to come from where the sight lines are where you're going to get sniped from all that kind of stuff um so that's been great about vanguard and it's so you know it adds to the value of the game that the game launched with like you know, 16 just regular um, maps. And then it's like 20 plus when you factor in some some of the other game modes. But like for a casual player like me, it's kind of overwhelming because like everybody who's spending a whole lot of time is getting so good at the, these maps. And like I'm, you know, most maps I would have played twice by now, but I'm liking it. Um, you know, the shorter time to kill is, uh, is obviously makes the learning curve much um uh, you know, a little bit more difficult, but, um, you know, I said it last week, the gunplay just feels like that, that sort of old school, you know, original modern warfare call of duty, um, which I liked and I think the series needed. So yeah. Um, after, you know, the end of week two, I'm still really enjoying it. Um, yeah, I think I'll stick with it throughout the entire year. So yeah. Yeah. Dave, have you played the campaign? Yeah. And I, I'm liking the campaign. I'm not finished it yet. Um, I, uh, I'm like, I'm like you, Brandon, like, you don't, you don't buy a Call of Duty for the campaign, but, um, like for me, I was comparing Call of Duty and Battlefield and I was starting to feel iffy about Battlefield. And then I thought to myself, well, Call of Duty has this extra thing that Battlefield doesn't, which is the campaign. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm liking it again. It's not what I'm there for, but it's a nice little extra, especially considering the Battlefield, the other game I was considering doesn't have that so so yeah no i like it i like the characters um yeah it's a nice little extra i actually finished the campaign in in one sitting one evening yeah i I mean i I intentionally did that i was like okay i'm going to dedicate this whole evening to finishing that because i'm going to be doing a spoiler cast or a review discussion whatever you want to call it um 
for last name media. And so I just sat down and, and banged it out. And I don't know if it was because, I mean, obviously I've played almost every call of duty game I've ever played. I've played the campaign, but black ops cold war was one of the first ones in a decade plus that I can remember thinking this campaign is really good. And I feel like that was a, a sentiment shared by many people. So I don't know if part of that's clouding my judgment or if it's really not good, but like I just found the campaign to be like kind of boring and uninspired and like, okay, it's fine. It's a great little story where you get to run around and shoot and do some cool little actions and hold binoculars occasionally, but it just felt a little bit lackluster. Brandon, did you, have you felt any of that? No, I mean, I definitely felt like it was exactly what it needed to be and absolutely nothing else. I said it a little bit earlier, but I just keep thinking of a couple parts where it almost purposely slows you down. um, And it just, I don't know, it just something didn't click about it for me. But yeah, I mean, overall, it was just fine in general. I don't know. Dave, you mentioned earlier that Battlefield doesn't have this aspect of the campaign, but I left the campaign of Call of Duty feeling like, why have I not been spending this entire time playing the multiplayer? So I don't even know that that matters so much to me anymore as the long-term enjoyment, which is in the multiplayer. So I guess maybe I'm changing as well, but I don't know. I guess if the campaign did blow me out of the water, maybe I'd be feeling differently, but who knows? Yeah, I think that that sentiment is shared by a lot of people as far as why would I spend time with the campaign when I can spend time with multiplayer, Uh, judging by the fact that they've shared some analytics in the past of how many people actually play the campaign. Now, again, none of the three of us come to the game specifically for the campaigns, right? Like when you play Call of Duty, that's not the reason you come to the game, but it's just a it's a nice little bonus for Dave. It was the nice bonus he needed to get the decision between Battlefield and Call of Duty. And for Brandon and I, it's a nice addition we want to play. Um, One interesting thing is that in the UK, the Call of Duty launch sales for Vanguard were down by 40% year over year. So Black Ops Cold War, after having such a great year before with Modern Warfare, still sold 40% more in the UK than they did for Vanguard. That's kind of surprising Hmm. to me because it's Call of Duty. It's the, you know, it's the biggest game of the year every year. Uh, So... It is a little bit interesting. Um, Dave, yeah. what do you what do you think of previous campaigns in comparison? Um, yeah, so it's funny that um, you said you sort of preferred the the Cold War campaign because I I liked the Cold War campaign, but um, so far what I've gotten from Vanguard, like I prefer this one. Um, I come to Call of Duty and Battlefield before it, like campaigns for, I guess what I'd call like those Michael Bay moments where yeah. it's just like just insanity um there was the one mission with uh the russian sniper um mm-hmm. just when like the germans attacked and petrova so, petrova i think that's her name isn't it yeah I, I don't know but polina i think yeah there was this the part when you're like escaping along the rooftops and like the planes are coming at you i actually ducked at one moment <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget that moment. And I never had a moment like that in, in the cold war campaign, but I mean, that's the stupid fun that I come to, you know, a call of duty game for. So, uh, so yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's everybody's sort of different in that sort of opinion, but, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if this year is anything like last year and the year before and the year before, we'll continue to talk about the new call of duty, probably some Warzone as well. 
as we move forward throughout the year, just as different things come up and we play more. Uh, because as much as we like to hate on Call of Duty, we're still going to play it every year. I mean, yeah. Brandon Brandon and I, neither one were planning on playing it. And one day Brandon texts me. He's like, hey, did you get Call of Duty? And I'm like, I have Call of Duty. Yeah. He's like, do you want to play? And I was like, yeah, I want to play. <laughs> so like, it's just me gonna... the same message. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I know it's just gonna happen dude it's I, just gonna happen. I folded and it's like an inevitable evil I mean it is still an important landmark even if it's not an amazing call of duty it still is a big big game um and it's worth at least checking out and you know whatever happens in call of duty other developers watch that so it's good to yep. it's good to know the games for sure well let's move on to the other news of the week and maybe the biggest news of the year honestly uh, and that is that the Halo Infinite multiplayer is out. Now, unless you've been living under a rock, you already know that, and you're probably playing it as you listen to us talk about it right now. But there were some rumors early last week, and maybe even a little bit the week before. I knew I'd heard some rumblings around that time as well, that the Halo Infinite multiplayer might be dropping a little bit early. Now, they had initially said it was going to be coming on December 8th, they said, you know, the campaign and multiplayer were going to come out together. The campaign was going to be lacking a few things, such as um, co-op mode and Forge wasn't going to be there for multiplayer, but they were going to launch them. And so yesterday, um, sorry, Microsoft had their 20 years of, of Xbox show, celebration, whatever you want to call it. And during that, they announced that Call of Duty's multiplayer was going to be dropping uh, as of about 12 hours after it had released, just on Steam. So this isn't including on Xbox, Game Pass, any of that kind of stuff. Um, Game Pass for PC, Xbox Store for PC, anything like that. Had 270,000 concurrent players. And that was within eight hours of its release, not 12 hours. I was wrong. Wow. Uh, and then I'm sure since then it's just gone on to skyrocket even more. I have no idea how many it's had, you know, between Xbox and and Game Pass and all that kind of stuff either. Uh, so I just basically want to talk about that. First of all, Brandon, I'm going to give you a little chance to talk because you haven't played Halo Infinite yet about just what you think that means for the industry as far as a game this big shadow dropping a huge like the piece of yeah. content that most people are interested in. No, I'm I'm really, really happy for the community. Um, just seeing people's responses and seeing how many people are playing it has been really exciting, even if I'm watching from the stands. Um, I've seen some of the content online and it looks like it plays and feels exactly like a Halo. Um, and that's what everybody wanted. Um, so it's been really exciting to see. But not the, like a Halo 5. Correct. Not like that yeah. one. Correct. <laughs> um, but no, it's been it's been fun to see. And I've been just itching in the background, um, waiting for the moment to hop on. So um no, it's just been really cool seeing it come out and all the success it's had so far. I'm not surprised, and I'm glad that they finally were able to get something right. Um, so I'm hoping they keep up with this uh, this stuff. Now, I will say just quickly about the campaign. I have heard through the grapevine, and I haven't heard this directly from anyone who has it. So no one's been breaking NDA, but I've been hearing through the grapevine that. Some people already have the campaign. Some of the bigger, bigger reviewers already have the campaign. It is finished. It is ready to go. It is operational, and they are working through it right now. And that the early impressions have been very good, which is something that I think a lot of us didn't have a whole lot of fear that the multiplayer would be bad. 
But I think a lot of us have been fearful that the campaign wouldn't be so great. And so the very early impressions are that it's going to be good. And a lot of times, like, okay, we just got done talking about Call of Duty, right? A game where, yeah, we like to play the campaign, but we don't go to Call of Duty for the campaign. We go for the multiplayer. With Halo, I feel like just as many people go to Halo for the campaign as they do the multiplayer because it doesn't suck. Uh, it's just, you know, it's it's great. It tells a good story. It usually plays really well, etc. So I'm very much anticipating the next chapter in Halo from that aspect as well. Dave, are you, you're, you're a longtime Halo fan too, right? Big time, my guy. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Well, are you looking forward to the to the campaign? Or do you have any fears about it at this point? I, I actually had a bad dream about three nights ago where uh, Halo Infinite got like a, was that sitting at like a 50% on, on Rotten Tomatoes, oh, which no, is no. silly because they don't do, they I don't know if they do even do video games on Rotten Tomatoes, but it was a stupid dream anyways, because they woke up and it was like, no, that's not true. Well, that's how you know you're a real gamer when you have, when you have bad dreams about your favorite game franchises doing poorly. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I, I, if you, so, you know, this is going to run alongside the, the call of duty conversation, but like when it comes to halo, I am, I've historically been more into the campaign side of the game rather than the multiplayer. Um, but sorry, I also need to add in, I don't know if you guys remember, but we actually predicted this. If you go back way into, I think it was in the spring or sometime in the summer, we were on this show and we predicted, we just threw an idea out there. What if the multiplayer releases without the campaign? I don't know if you guys remember that, but we said it on the show. It was one of us. I don't remember that. No, it's, it's, and it's recorded. It's somewhere in the, in the annals of handsome family history. It's there. (laughs) Trust me. But technically we predicted this, but um, yeah, no multiplayer's out there. And if uh, I, I, it's such a nice little appetizer for me personally, because I cannot wait for the campaign and I am loving the multiplayer. Absolutely loving it. So nice. Good man. Well, talk, let's talk a little bit about the multiplayer so far, Dave, what are some of the, the pieces of it that you've enjoyed so far? What have you got to play? What's your experience been? Etc. It, it just feels so true to what made the Halo multiplayer so much fun and so addictive and just such a fun like first person shooter competitive experience that you play with friends most importantly because you know just playing solo is fine um but this game just is taken to another level when you have like a strong fire team of four and you guys are working together because you know, when you get on one-on-one gunfights, it's it's like a coin flip. But when you can roll up with like two or three of your boys that you're actually chatting with, it's a whole other thing. And that's just, that's what made Halo so much fun back in the day. So I'm feeling that already. It just came out like just over 24 hours ago. Um, so yeah, it's just so much fun. And coming straight from Call of Duty where, you know, you have this super fast time to kill and half the time you're getting killed by something you don't even see, like, Every encounter in Halo Infinite and every Halo game is a gunfight. Like the person yeah. with the best gun skill is gonna win that gunfight because you gotta use your grenades, you gotta jump, you gotta be mobile because it's such a long time to kill. So yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm I'm really liking it and I'm looking forward to to grouping up with everybody and yeah. playing together. Here's my question, boys: Is uh-huh. do you know how some of the games like on PlayStation Plus and stuff would not require you to have the subscription? Did that ever leak over into Xbox? Um, I feel like they talked about that they were going to do that because at one point they made it so that games with gold was going to be like super expensive or, or the Xbox Live Gold uh, was going to be super expensive. 
And they said later, they were like, okay, well, we're not going to do that anymore. And also in the future, we're going to make it so that it's actually free. But I don't actually know if that came into play yet because I, I think most of us have um, Game Pass or Game Pass. Right. Ultimate, so that comes with that. Well, the only reason I was wondering is because if, if the multiplayer is free, I yeah. wonder if it would be advantageous for them to allow you to play that because they would still be making money, um, cosmetics yeah. and stuff, um, without right. a subscription. Yeah, I can't. I can't. There's two things I can't wait to see from from both this week and last week. Number one, I want to see those battle pass numbers because I'm sure they're through the roof. Number two, I would love to see what the game pass numbers have jumped by over the past two weeks with Forza Horizon Five and the Shadow Drop of Halo because those numbers have got to be absolutely insane. Yeah, tr- Agreed, truly, yeah. truly insane. Before I even booted up my first match of multiplayer on Halo. I went ahead and bought the battle pass. I was like, <laughs> I was like sitting there like, oh, well, I'll just wait and see how. And I was like, what am I? I know I'm going to buy the battle pass <laughs> yeah, eventually. Dude. Like, why not just do it now? So I feel like, so the one thing that I wanted to talk about a little bit, and, and my experience with the game so far has been also phenomenal, Dave. I've just, um, I've really enjoyed the fact that, you know, as much as I love Call of Duty and hate Call of Duty, uh, there's just this like, we joke around a lot like, oh, what are these guys even doing? Like where nobody's capturing the points, whatever. And it's always like, well, playing Call of Duty, which basically means they're just killing people. And in Halo, there has always, not always, but th- there's been more of a focus. I feel like people are more tuned in to playing objective in Halo and actually winning the match than they are in almost any other multiplayer shooter. And so that's been really refreshing. But I would agree, Dave. So a lot of my time with it so far has been playing big team battle because we've just had so many people jumping in and out of discords that want to play or like, you know, we've got five people instead of four. So we couldn't do one of the smaller matches. And so we've been playing the big team battle, but all the time I've spent in these smaller ones, I'm like, wow, we're all like talking and working together and actually conquering this objective quickly. Where in a lot of other games, it's, I don't know why, I don't know what the disconnect there is. It's just like, well, just run around and shoot people and whoever gets the most, the highest kill death ratio wins. Right. Uh, whereas that's obviously not the point of the game. But with this one, with, with Halo, that's always felt like it's more of an important thing. So I've been having a lot of fun with it that way that so far. Um, and Brandon, I would agree that like the, the ability for just anyone, literally anyone to play the game for free, the multiplayer for free is amazing. And then with people with Game Pass, uh jumping up there so anyway the the thing i was getting into about the battle pass is that a lot of people are complaining that the battle pass progresses too slowly it's been a day this battle well yeah yeah. it's been i I, I don't disagree with you at all let's just ground that for a moment how can they complain about it taking too long when it's been out for 24 whole hours because you got to think of just the reference point so like it's 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 battlefield is call of duty and like just coming from Call of Duty, like it does take a long time to progress. And it seems like there's so few progression categories. Yeah. And I agree with you, Brandon, like that can change quickly, but it, it like it is a relatively slow progression. Yeah. So the battle pass, just so you know, it will last through May. So first of all, you have till May to get through the battle pass. Well, isn't it one uh, and done $10. though, Ben? Um, see, I thought that, and then I saw some stuff yesterday that made me think that it wasn't, but Okay. I think it's that you can like choose which battle pass. I don't know. That's something I need to go back and clarify. I thought that it was like you buy the battle pass once and that's it, but I might be wrong. That's there. that's just what I thought they said. But that's what I thought they wrong. said yeah. too. But that could have just been you and I trading yeah. bad information yeah. for all I know. But 
basically the way you progress in the battle pass, it's not just, you know, playtime and amount of kills and objectives and stuff like that. You actually have to act, act to complete challenges. So like maybe a challenge is uh, a weekly challenge is kill 10 enemies with the battle rifle or something like that. I, I don't even know if that's one of them. I'm just making it up. And that's how you get points rather than like X XP, like you would in most other battle pass systems. So one, it's progressing a little slower in that way, but I, I just can't, they always have the battle pass skip. Like you can skip 25 tiers or whatever. And I'm like, you're buying this thing. Why do you want to pay more to experience less? Like having a battle pass that takes forever, that takes a really long time, makes me feel like I constantly have something to grind for. I know in, in Call of Duty, I'm all the time like, well, I don't really want to play anymore right now because I'm done with the battle pass. I don't have anything else to work for. I might as well play something else. Right. Which can be a good thing and a bad thing as well. Yeah. But I just, I really like the way this one's structured. Now, I don't necessarily like that it's just challenge-based and you have to complete certain things to, to progress. I don't dislike it because it makes you play differently sometimes. Maybe you have to use the shotgun and you never use the shotgun. So you got to get a little experience with the shotgun to be able to progress through that next piece. Um, but I just, I like the fact that it's like, oh, this battle pass, I'm going to be grinding this battle pass the whole season or the, you know, whatever. Right. Until the next one comes out. That's pretty, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know though, because I was thinking about it too. And to think of like, I had a lot of play time in Reach and some of the later levels, like, I know it's a little bit different with battle passes. You expect some more like instant gratification than than leveling. But I remember some of the later, later levels that I was through would take like eight, nine hours to level up one whole level. Yeah, It's just insane. So I don't know. I feel like there probably is a balancing act that they're getting used to. They've never had something like this in this series before. Um, right. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how they continue to roll things out. And we'll have to come back with some more information about the battle pass because I'm genuinely curious about how that's going to work out throughout the season. So. I, do, um, I, I do find it refreshing that the, the progression system is a lot like, you know, Halos of the past because it would have been easy for, um, you know, 343 to sort of adapt to, to the times and, and move to this like, Call of Duty Battlefield like constant reward model where it's like no matter what you do badges are popping up on screen you're getting points for stuff you're getting bonus points for getting a kill after dying like six times you're locking um, 79 weapon attachments that you don't even know where they are because exactly they up so quickly yeah and it, it it makes me feel like this this Halo game was made for our generation not yeah. the new one so yeah. I mean it's I I it is a slow progression relative to some of the other stuff, but in my opinion, that's a good thing. It's yeah. absolutely a good thing. I think I've played for, I might've played for like five or six hours and I think I'm on level, the very, very beginning of level three. And like, I, I don't know. I feel like that's a good thing. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and there's daily and weekly challenges, so they're going to switch them up all the time. I don't know. I, would you say I'm it's... not in a, I'm not in agreement with all the online discourse. Go ahead, Brandon. I'm sorry about that. Uh, is it like standard three months then? Because I feel like that's what a lot of them are tapping into roughly. You know, like well, this one's going to last through May. I don't know what they'll be in the future. Okay, so it's going to be a little bit longer. Gotcha. Yeah. And part of that might be because it came out a little bit earlier than than they predicted it, or than they said originally. Uh, I know. I wonder if part of that's because they wanted to give themselves a little more time because they said that like uh, Forge and Co-op wouldn't be ready until after season two. So they were like, well, let's just make season one extra long. Gotcha. But I don't. I don't know that. I mean, that's just a speculation on my part. So. And honestly, boys, I don't know how you feel about like the actual cosmetics. I don't know if you're the type to 
be into that sort of thing. But some of the things I've seen have been pretty fucking cool um, pretty yeah. quickly um, with the grapple and everything like that. And just I saw like a like a flaming well, grapples a power up flaming melee or flaming grapple you can get from the battle pass or something. Oh, yeah, and just yeah. like some really cool, neat things. It's nice to see halo because they've always had stuff like that you know you could have the like pestilence head and you can have the lightning head but it was always something that was kind of like distant and difficult to achieve um and it's nice to be able to have some flair on your character um pretty easily with the battle pass i'm glad that sort of found its way into this new series so i just can't wait until uh, I'm sure, I don't even know if they have it, but I want to unlock the thing where if you get a headshot, you get the children cheering in the background like they had in Reach. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Dude, yeah, that, do, do the, yeah, you could just, um, you could do that with, um, I wonder if they could get away with that stuff. The bombers, too. Yeah, you just pop them in the head and then confetti flies out. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Dude, I remember that. That was so dope. That was one of my favorite things. But uh. Brandon, now here's where we need to have the talk uh, with you. Dave, and I both have Xboxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I play a lot of Xbox games on PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're over there w- with your thumb in your ass. You have you have a, the Halo Limited Edition Xbox available for you that a friend of ours has that he said he would sell you at cost. And you're sitting there like, oh, I want to play Halo so bad, but I don't have that. Ne- now, are you going to do it? Are you going to Dude, buy I'm going to buy it. I don't think there's any way at this point I'm not going to buy it. I've, I've like hyped it up so much to myself and... I don't know, especially after talking today, hearing Dave talk about Forza, Halo. I mean, everyone's playing it, and I just want to get back in there and feel it again, man. It'll be just do, like boys. it'll be just like the Reach days. I'll be listening to Red Hot Chili Peppers and the Killers while playing <laughs> Halo, uh, just like in high school. So it'll be yeah. it'll be fantastic. Dave, are, uh, did you play Reach? I'm I'm sure you did. Yeah, I sound like yeah. Yep. Uh, so we're all in agreement that Reach is the best Halo game, right? Oh, that's going to be... <laughs> people out there are just like cringing into their... The multiplayer into their phone. the best. I don't know if the campaign was, but... It was fine. Uh, it was fine. Yeah. I loved Reach. Reach Me was too, one of my man. favorite ones. Oh, yeah. so many hours on Reach. Hundreds. I think that, that Reach has a special place for me because I, I played... I played multiplayer for all of them except for four and five. I haven't played five. I haven't even touched the campaign. And at this point, I'm just going to go watch a recap before Infinite's campaign comes out. But I didn't play any multiplayer in four because I played four years after it came out. But Halo Reach for me, I think, was one of my favorites in my head. And when I think back because of the the setting, you know how sometimes games mean more to you because of the time and setting? Uh, Reach came out at a time, this girl I'd been dating for like six years... We'd broken up and I was, it was my like first time living outside of my parents' house because it was right after college, so officially out of my parents' house. And I was living with a couple roommates and we all had Xboxes and we'd all get in the same room and basically have a mini LAN party, even though it was over Wi Fi or, or Ethernet. And um, we'd just sit around every night we, or every day, we'd go to work for eight or 10 or 12 hours, whatever our shifts were. And then we'd all come home and we'd play Reach. And we'd go to bed and we'd wake up and do it again the next day. And so, like, even though I had a lot of fun with other Halo multiplayers, Reach just has that special, like, oh. that time and place feel for me. Oh, where yeah. it's just, like, so much around it and, like, so many Cheetos probably. Oh. Who knows what how many pizza rolls were ingested playing Reach. Dude. So it's always going to be the best for me, in my memory. Dude, least. I don't want to get all sad and sentimental, but do you know that, like, <laughs> you know, you would go to work and then, like, or school or college or whatever. And then you would instantly get home and like two or three of your friends would, as soon as they got home, they would get on and play and you guys would just play night after night. 
I, th- yep. I think it makes me sad and I, and I shed a tear a little bit, but I think those days are behind me every single yeah. day type thing. Um, but yeah. I'm hoping I, to rekindle. And you play, you play call of duty pretty much every single day. Well, it's not the same. It's not the same without the boys. That's what I'm saying. But Brandon, one day these are going to be the good old days, and you won't you, don't, oh. you won't know it until it's too late. So, shed a tear. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys. Was there anything else you want to talk about this evening? No, no. I All think right. we wrapped it up. Cool. Yeah. I mean, there's a few other little things out there that we could have talked about, but I thought that uh, with our repertoire for Call of Duty on this show, and then Halo being such a big thing right now not only in our lives but in the industry that it was good just to mostly focus on those two pieces so uh guys we want to hear from you in the discord we want to hear from you wherever on twitter whatever the case is um reach out say hey uh maybe even hop in a game with us actually i've played with some of our some of our patrons already um just because they're also patrons of the other company i work for so um that's been nice being able to play with some some new faces that i've never played games with before or never played halo at least with before but i want to play with you guys too so brandon once you get your xbox brandon you have this crazy opportunity i just can't get over it you used to be such a big xbox fan and then you totally cold turkeyed it and now all of a sudden you're going to get the most desired console the limited edition halo infinite xbox series x at retail no questions asked. You already know I'm going to get it, Ben. You already know. I know. I know. It's just amazing to me. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Well, I think that's it for the show. Thanks for listening. Remember to check us out over at patreon.com slash phantom or handsomephantom.com slash discord. Appreciate it. And uh, talk to you next week. Bye. The HP podcast and handsomephantom.com are supported by our proud patrons over at Patreon. If you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Htrons, Maurice Bays, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Fusebro, Boots, Poot, Jared, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Straw Hat Ninja, Jared Cavallero, Jason Canham, and Kevin Lucas.